It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. This is your host, Brian Tarvin. And we come to you just a couple of days after the NFL draft had finished up on Saturday. Here we are on Sunday. A lot to talk about tonight. We're gonna we're gonna discuss the NFL draft, some some people where they went that, that we've talked about on this show. We're gonna touch on the NBA playoffs and we're gonna talk some college football, of course. And if you want to talk about Pacquiao Mayweather, I did not wa- I did not watch the fight. So please, if you'd like to talk about the fight, give a call in. I was hoping Pacquiao would win, but it it, it just goes to show that Vegas is usually right with these favorites. So anyway, it was a good. Was it worth a hundred dollars? Is is my question to people listening out there tonight? Sorry, I'm trying to. I'm having to do something with the show right now to try to make sure we we have enough time. My show is set for 15 minutes right now, so we need to we need to fix that immediately so we don't run out of time while I'm talking and, and I don't realize anything about it. So just bear with me a moment. If I feel scattered, it, it is true. I'm trying to get this this fixed in time. So just bear with me a moment. The NFL draft, some surprises out there from people that that didn't get drafted, maybe, that didn't get drafted. Some people that got drafted too soon. So it's just hard to know who's right. You know, I, I trust these teams know a lot more about these football players than I do. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I know better than these owners of these teams and the coaches and all the meetings and hours and weeks, months spent evaluating so when you look at this draft, I know a lot of people look at it like you're supposed to draft the best player, and they don't pay attention to the needs of teams. To me, a draft—if you go in a draft and you you get the best player at every at, at every time of the draft you're there—you could end up with a lot of players that you don't need that somebody's going to help you. And if you look at the NFL, these coaches are good. The the technology out there to be able to prepare for you. If you have a weakness in football, they're going to get exploited. Every weakness you have on your on your team will be exploited, and until you put until you stop the bleeding, until you go to that draft and you get somebody, or you go out in the free agency and you, and you pick up a player to help stop that bleeding, teams are going to keep just uh, taking advantage of you. And 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 that's what made me scratch my head about the Colts. You know, they need help on the defensive side of the ball, and I saw them take a receiver when they don't need one. And it's just, 
makes me scratch my head. And you see Carolina take a linebacker, I think Shaq Rowland or somebody that nobody really knows, but to the Carolina Panthers, they need that. It doesn't matter if he wasn't ranked a first-round prospect. It doesn't matter. Carolina went out and grabbed who they thought could help them piece together the team. And And that's what concerns me about some of the fans out there and how they judge drafts. It's just they just don't understand what it's about. And when I when I picked, I had a lot of success in the, the last three drafts that we've done live. And it's not because I picked the best player to go. I, I picked the needs of a team, and I picked the best available player at the position that I feel like or that I feel like would fit better, you know, with a team. So, you know, I get them right every now and then, and, and more than most things like. But, you know, I'm no expert. I wish I could do this for a living. It would be nice to be able to do it. Maybe I could do better, make a make a better living than what I do now. But I'm not going to sit on here and, and act like I know more than than the GMs and the owners of some of these franchises because they know their team. They know the heartbeat. One one thing that surprised me, Reese Dismukes for Auburn, a four-year starter at center, Remington Award winner, it just it just caught me off guard. I know Auburn more than most people, your average person. I study him. I'm a fan. And he didn't get drafted. And the reason was, you know, I understood the small hands or, or the ability to, to actually pass, rut, pass block. But the problem I had with the, with the comment was they didn't feel like uh, his character was good enough for a locker room to fit in. And, and I'm still here thinking – and I saw a lot of felons, ex-cons, and all these people getting drafted. But here's a a center that quietly was probably the best center in the in college football, and I can prove that. I can argue that that opinion as well if I had to. But he didn't get drafted. He did sign a free agent deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is probably a good fit for him. But I, I just didn't understand how nobody in the NFL – would take a four-year starter in the SEC at a position to where where you have to be good in order to start, and plus to be a Remington Award winner. And the coach, his offensive line coach, Grimes, said he was the best center that he's ever coached. I mean, you get a guy that's coached many, many centers and very – I mean, he's noted for – you know, coaching the best and, and, and delivering on his job to make people the best they can be, if you can't take his word for it, then I just don't understand what the NFL looks for. I guess they want people that, that, that hit women and children and rape and murder. I mean, I guess that's what they mean by his, his character doesn't fit. And if that's the case, then, then I, I agree he doesn't fit in there. But don't give me some some BS excuse like that. Tell me the real reason why. There's not a reason that Reese Dismu shouldn't have been drafted. I'm I'm sorry. There, there's not a reason. And uh, I don't think Bryce Petty was drafted. A quarterback for Baylor, and I'm sorry, if you come out of Baylor now, you're known as a system quarterback. Nick Marshall for Auburn switched over to uh, to corner. Defensive back for the draft, Gus Malzahn told him he should go in as a quarterback. He really believes he he can succeed. He did not get drafted, but he did get picked up by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we'll see if he can make that team. 
Uh, five Auburn players got drafted. I think six, seven maybe for Alabama. But I want to go to Colin Coward's comments. And I'm not going to harp all night, I promise you. We're going to have between 45 minutes and an hour show. Hopefully people will call in and join me. But Colin Coward's show on Friday, ESPN guy, maybe his ratings are down. He's trying to stir the pot. But but he made the comment about the SEC after the first night of the draft that the the Pac-12 showed how much better they are than the SEC. Well, for the ninth year in a row, Nine years. Now think about this. Nine years. I was 29 years old the last time someone other than an SEC team won the draft. You know, had more players drafted than the SEC. But he said the Pac-12 was better than the SEC. They had better talent, better players. Um, And all this because the SEC didn't make the championship game this year. And uh, I just do not get it how he could even remotely say this. Sure, I mean, the Pac-12 had more first-round picks. The ACC had just as many first picks as the Pac-12. Does that mean the ACC is the best conference? Not even close. But here's the breakdown. You know, 21%, I believe, 21.1% belong to the SEC. They, They drafted 54 SEC players in this draft, 47 ACC. That's the second, which ACC did a great job, by the way. Pac-12, 39, Big 10, 35, Big 12, 25, AAC, 11, Mountain West, 10, Colonial, 6, Mid-American, 4, Missouri Valley, 4, Sunbelt, 3, Independent, 2. That was Notre Dame, 1, and Navy, 1. Ohio, I mean, I'm not going to break all these down, but the SEC had 54 without Vanderbilt and Tennessee having 1. So if you think about it, 12 teams divided by 54, that's almost four per team, a bit over four per team, closer to five per team, actually making the NFL. So that's not counting, you know, all the players that signed deals because I know Auburn had about 10 players, you know, signing deals. But 256 picks, 54 belong to the Southeastern Conference. And another comment he made that was that the Pac-12 South was the best conference in football, the best division. And, you you know, you have Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, Southern Cal, and Oregon. And we saw what happened to Oregon against Ohio State. Just got demolished. But to sit here and and say that that division with Colorado – Utah's a good te- good little team for their conference. I'm not going to bash them or anything. Arizona's terrible. I'm sorry. Arizona's terrible. Arizona State's not that great. Southern Cal won the, the Holiday Bowl by a couple points over Nebraska. Congratulations. But you're talking about the SEC West with six teams bowl eligible. And, and they beat up on each other in a year with a playoff there. So it really guaranteed just one team getting in. But how can you honestly – I could not sit here and tell you who's going to be the worst team in the SEC West this year because all of them have a chance to win it. I mean, that, that's how you know you're deep. Alabama, of course, they're probably the favorite. Alabama, Auburn, you can flip-flop them. One of those teams are going to be the favorite to win. LSU, a very talented team, questions at quarterback. I mean, would it be a stretch for me to say LSU wins the SEC West? You have Mississippi State. With Zach Prescott back, 
Ole Miss with a loaded team that's probably got five people going in the first round next year. Texas A&M, they finally hired a, a defensive coordinator in Chavis. They have an offense that can score on anybody. So are you ever to say they're out of a football game in Arkansas? Look what they did in just one year with Billima. He came in, got this team headed in the right direction. They they beat the crap out of Texas in the bowl game, and here they are. So there's six teams I just named. Either one of these teams could could easily make a run to win the SEC West. Ah. You go to the Pac-12 South, is Arizona State ever going to win? No. I mean, is, is Arizona? No. Is Colorado? No. Utah? Maybe. USC, yes, maybe. And Oregon, I don't think. I think Oregon's run is over. But that conference right there, and and, and I heard, I, I did listen to Feinbaum's comments on this on Friday, and and the way they broke it out, okay, let's put Oregon and Auburn schedule and let's go through. I mean, the best Oregon's going to do is 6-6. Six and six. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. They're, they're not going to be going on the road to Kansas State, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and all this. But the key is, when you when you say who's the best, who has the toughest fight year in and year out to make it to a playoff? Oregon plays a game every six weeks, and they get a chance to rest during those and get healthy. When you're in the SEC, you do not get a chance to get healthy. I mean, you do play some out-of-conference teams that aren't that good a couple. But when you play nine or eight conference games that are against ranked teams usually, I mean, that's at least you see Auburn opening up with Louisville this year. That's one ranked team right there in the top 25. You just saw them with 10 people drafted in the NFL draft. That's one ranked team. And if you think they play five games against the West, and I'm, I'm pretty sure all five of those are going to be ranked. So there's six. And then they turn over and play Georgia. You know they're going to be ranked seven and they end up, and they play Kentucky. So probably Auburn's schedule this year, they're gonna play between six and eight ranked teams. How many teams ranked teams is Oregon gonna play? Let's just be real. How many ranked teams Ohio State? Yeah, granted, they won the championship, the easiest road I've ever seen in college football to make it to a playoff. They got hot at the right time. They they had a quarterback that was talented, that's been in the system a few years that nobody got to see. So he surprised them. If it had been another quarterback in there that was that's played the entire year, I don't think that would have been as successful. And you'll see that this year when Ohio State tries to defend this championship. They're not going to make it, guys. I mean, it's just obvious. But, I mean, the, the schedule's not the excuse. Think their toughest out-of-conference game against Virginia Tech at home, they got beat by 14 points. And then after that, they play in a conference where you could you could wear roller skates and skate through it. I mean, you play in the the Indianas, the Illinois, the Purdue's of the world, and and yeah, you barely beat Michigan. And Michigan was horrible this year. And I'm not going to bash every other conference, but uh, th- this SEC attack is unreal, guys. I mean, if you listen to Colin Coward, he doesn't believe what he's saying. He's stirring the pot. If you honestly think that the Pac-12 is better than the SEC, then you're you're smoking some serious, serious stuff, and it's not even close. And I mean, I'm I'm honestly telling you this as a, a radio host that that'll call it like he sees it. I'm telling you, there's not a conference that's close to the SEC, not even close. There's an SEC 
and I think it's a close run between the the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, maybe Big 12 right in there, but it's it's up for grabs. But if you honestly look at the facility, the resources, the money, the recruiting, the coaching, the fans, the new SEC network, there's not a close second to the SEC. Uh, and I'm just telling you. And now that, that these stipends are happening and colleges can pay more, if you see the top two are Auburn and Tennessee, they can pay players the money because they, they make it. The fans show up at SEC games, if you notice. I mean, players play better when there's people out there. I mean, if I was in the Pac-12, I don't know if I would want to play out there because you get about 3,500 people. And a, and a big, like a Tiger walk we go to at Auburn where there's 30,000 people lined up waiting to see the team, there may be 30 people at these other places. You go to a road game in the SEC, these teams travel. And and they they have a huge crowd, probably at least twenty thousand people. There's more road fans in the SEC than home team home teams get in their home games. And I'm I'm not joking about that, but just hearing people just crashing and burning the SEC now. I mean, you've got to have a reality check and realize Ohio State was a good little team last year. They got hot at the right time, and I'm still sticking by my guns and saying they did not deserve to be in the playoff to begin with. Had the Big 12 commissioner had a set of balls, he could have got the teams in the right place and had a true champion or have a playoff or something, add a team or two, whatever you need to do to make sure that the ground's even. Ohio State got in because they were a conference champion and they beat Wisconsin by 50 points. And I still, to this day, think Wisconsin laid down for them. Barry Alvarez is the crookedest man in the world. He, I'm telling you, he, this, the Big Ten commissioner, Delaney, all of them are in it together. They're in bed together. They realized in order to get the Big Ten conference back, they had to, to do something desperate, and that's exactly what they did. And I'm telling you, do you really think Ohio State's 59 points better than Wisconsin? I don't think so, but that's just my opinion, and I don't have any facts to back up my my belief, but this is, again, just an opinion. And I know money, football is about money, without your conference strength. And people, I think people cheer for conferences because it just makes their conference, you know, when the playoff comes. I mean, if if LSU sucks every week and Auburn beats LSU, it doesn't mean anything, but if LSU is beating up other people, beating teams out of conference and we beat them, it makes it look better. And that's that's why at least South people are smart enough to realize that the, the South, Colin Coward, was, he called us Southerners, you know. Well, I guarantee you, if you look at, at, at my SAT scores and things like that, a lot more, they're a lot better than Colin Coward ever was. So it's just funny how he sits up there and up north, wishes he was out west, kisses the ass of everybody that comes in his way that's above him. I used to not have any respect for Paul Feinbaum, but after hearing Paul Feinbaum's comments, I have a lot more respect for Paul Feinbaum than I do Colin Cowturt. It's it's just amazing to see. And I'm, I'm interested to see what he says. If he brings that stat up that I brought you tonight with the SEC again for the ninth year in a row, in recruiting, and, and you know, the draft can be deceptive. You could have a year where there's not as many people coming out 
you know, coming out declaring for the NFL draft. Maybe you have a lot of freshmen and sophomore on your team. Maybe you maybe you have guys want to stay their fourth year. The numbers can lie, especially when it comes to the first round. Marcus Mariota was was the second best quarterback in the draft. Does that mean that Oregon, the, the Pac-12, is the best conference? No. It just means that at the position, Mariota in their minds was the second best quarterback. Winston was the first, and that brings me to Winston. I mean, after the draft, he has a picture made with crab legs, and, and I know the Florida State faithful out there that are are, are going to defend him, even with everything going on. They defend him, but but one person, the co-host of this show, Trey Patterson, hasn't said anything about it because I think Trey's a big Florida State fan. He's not going to bash Jameis Winston, but he will if he deserves it. But but the fact that Trey never commented on my post shows me that Trey probably agrees with me that Winston taking a picture with crab legs, regardless of the who bought them to him, I don't care. Getting a picture made with crab legs is, is saying screw you to the NCAA, Florida State, and anybody out there, any critic he has, which is stupid. You should You should stay away from that. You should stay away from that. If I was accused of of stealing crab legs from Publix, you know, and and I'm trying to defend, to say I didn't, and then the next day I get a picture made with me and crab legs smiling, that's just going to show my my guilt. And it's not a joke. The maturity of Jameis Winston is what I have an issue with. Anybody mature wouldn't do that. They played a clip about the buddies, you know, Winston was hanging around with and and what they were saying and just the profanity and all about money. You don't see Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, some of these guys hanging with people like this. Johnny Manziel's crowd that he hung with is the reason he's in the shape he's in. That's why he's never going to be taken serious. He's never going to be good in the NFL. Jameis Winston, is is he better be careful is all I'm saying. And, and I do believe there's some people that were thinking about taking Mariota first. I wonder if Tennessee had been number one, would they have taken Mariota? They said Mariota was the number one on their board. And it, what that's telling me is if Tennessee was the number one pick, Mariota would be, or uh, Winston would be going number two to Tampa. Just say if we flip-flopped them. But if you look at maturity, I mean, Mariota handles himself well. He carries himself. You don't. I don't look at him and think of a kid. I don't look at him and think of immaturity. I look at Mariota and think that here's a guy that's got his crap together. Family is his most important thing in his life. Look where he was when the NFL draft happened. Look where he was. He was at home with family, I believe, if if I'm not mistaken, and and just taking it all in. He wanted to play for a team closer to home. He didn't get to do that. But the family to Mariota is the reason for his success at Oregon. You know, Chip Kelly was was trying to trade his whole franchise away to get this kid, and there's a reason. Do I think Mariota is going to have a great NFL career? I don't, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope he comes out and, and tears it up because I like the kid. He's mature. He's exactly someone you would want to lead your franchise, lead your team. Winston, I just don't, don't think he's going to be able to get in that locker room and, and demand the respect that it takes to, to play under center. I just don't. I just don't think grown men with kids and families are going to fall under the leadership of a of a punk that jumps up on the table 
and screams obscenities after being accused of raping a woman, accused of stealing, uh, and then making a joke about it, and then taking a picture with crab legs. I just do not get why he did that. Oh, I get it. I mean, I understand because that's exactly who I thought he was. He's trying to tell everybody out there. He's been trying to show you who he is. And there's a lot of Florida State people out there that, that still defend this guy. Jameis Winston, I don't think he stole crab legs. I really don't think he's stupid enough to go in and steal crab legs. I think he had the hookup. I think they, they were hooking him up with crab legs and other players. But during the season, had Jameis Winston said, I was given these as a hookup, he's, an, he's immediately ineligible to play college football in the NCAA. He, he's going to be suspended. He's going to be ineligible. So he fell on the sword and said he stole them. Well, when he, when he came to do his interview for the NFL, he fessed up and told the truth, that he did not steal them. And I believe that was the truth. Florida State's got some house cleaning to do, and I think it starts at the top, and I think it works its way down. Jimbo Fisher enables these players to do whatever they want to do. It's all about winning with Jimbo Fisher. It's all about winning with, with that entire school. Winning's important, but you you have to do it. You know, I don't care if you get some extra benefits, but allowing the things. When you have the police department, you know, doing what you tell them to do because football is that important, you have a problem. You have things happen just like happened at Florida State or at Penn State with with Sandusky and all that stuff with Joe Pa. That's what happens when winning is number one. When winning is number one, you, you forget your ethics, you forget morals, what's right and wrong. And that's exactly what happened to Florida State, I think. Sure, they got that championship. They got those draft picks. But what's going to happen to them down the road when the NCAA slams the door shut? Um, Wow. It's just I know some Florida State fans are going to be sending me some hate mail about this. But but I'm telling you, if you'd like to call in and discuss it, 646-716-5564. 646-716-5564. But it was a, a good NFL draft. Some people went where I didn't think they should. I mean, but that happens every draft. Remember what I said. It's about needs. Um, it's about needs. It's not about getting the best player all the time. But but to hear Reese Disney's character kept him out of the NFL, and I see – uh, Jay, uh, Randy Gregory needs to be behind bars somewhere getting fed three meals a day under the cell. I mean, that's where this guy needs to be. But yet, you know, <laughs> he's, that's who he is, man. I'm telling you, I hope he does well and everything, but don't don't bring any, any bull crap about character. Come on. Don't, don't, don't give me that. I'm not going to buy it. I'm never going to buy that. NFL, if you don't have character, you're going to be treated better. So I don't, I do not believe Bryce Petty got drafted, but he did pick up with the Jets, which the only thing he has in common with them was the green jersey that he had at Baylor. But um, I think he did get drafted. No, I don't think he did. I'm sorry. I was, I've been reading so many players and I'm losing track. But yeah, they picked him at 103. That's where that's where you got picked. Devin Gardner for the Michigan Wolverines signed with the Patriots to play receiver. And if you think about that, 
I mean, anybody's great with Tom Brady, so this kid could get on there and do some damage. I hope he does. He, this kid came out with a lot of hype. I know Tom Luganville was real high on him in college, but he never just could get it together. And I think it's because of the crappy coaching and the crappy offensive line that Michigan had for him. Nobody could succeed in that. So to see a kid's confidence just jerked away from him for four years, and now he's playing with the New England Patriots, I just hope he does well. I really do. I hope he does well. And some other things going on in the NFL with the draft. Let's let's see some other players. I, I do not think the the quarterback for Alabama got drafted. I'm, I'm hoping he picks up with a team that at least gets a tryout. I'm thinking. I know the team. I just can't think of them right now. Um, so I need some people calling in so I have time to research and and do some things as I'm talking. So it's hard to do a show by yourself. So hopefully Trey will be in a few minutes and be with us. But let's let's move on real quick, and we'll come back to football. But I do want to talk about the NBA playoffs. The San Antonio Spurs got beat last night against the Clippers. Great basketball game, 111-109. I know Pacquiao Mayweather was overshadowing that. But what do you know? The Atlanta Hawks today – and I predicted it months ago, would not make it after the first round. They made it one round. Here they are at home in the first game against the Washington Wizards. They lose 104-98. to Not a shocker there, guys. I'm telling you, Washington's going to win this series. They're going to move on to play in the Eastern Conference Championship, probably against Cleveland. Atlanta's a good regular season team, but they're not ready for the playoffs, I'm telling you. They are not ready for the playoffs. So let's go through the box score real quick. John Wall, player of the game. Let's see, Paul Pierce, 19 points. See, that's a guy that's won a ring. He's experienced. John Wall, 18 points, 13 assists, 7 rebounds, almost a triple-double. Bradley Beal, 28 points and assists, 7 rebounds. And, and you look at the bench. Let's see, what is that? 27 points off the bench for Washington. That helps them a lot. What is that? 18 points for for the Hawks. That's not going to do it. Let's look at Jeff Teague, 11 points, 7 assists. Millsap, 15 and 8. Kyle Korver, 13 points, 5 rebounds. Horford, 17 points, 17 rebounds. Carroll, 24. I mean, how did these guys lose? And I'll tell you that. The bench play is what got them beat. The bench play is, is what killed them. So my studio just went down. Let me get it back up. I don't know what's happening tonight, but my computer is not functioning properly, but I'm back up. So if you call in, 646-716-5564, I got you. We're not going to go long tonight since we did a show. We did an extra long show Thursday. But I do have to get some stuff off my chest while I'm doing tonight, especially about, Colin Coward's comments in the SEC. On the other game today, the number one seed, Golden State, I just don't see anybody beating these guys right now. 101-86 to over Memphis. These guys are clicking. They're hungry. They're, they're playing smart. And the Clippers will have to be playing them pretty soon. I just don't think the Clippers are going to get past the Rockets, guys. I, I really don't. Uh, Chris Paul limping around, hamstring issue, now you've got to play Harden and, the, and, uh, and Howard. It's just not going to happen. Tomorrow night, the Rockets will win game one, and the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Bulls play. 
with all the injuries with Cleveland, I mean, don't be surprised if the Bulls come in and take game one or two, get home court advantage back. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in those series. I do think that there's no way that the West doesn't win the championship this year. So the West is going to win it. It's going to be Golden State or Houston, I think. One of those teams are going to get hot enough to win it. Cleveland with LeBron James by himself, an older LeBron James. That's what's going to hurt him. So I'm about to go to a commercial break real quick, and I will be right back. Just give me a minute once I can find it. Wait, I thought Trey was going to call in for me. But uh, anyway, we'll be back to talk some football in just a minute after this this commercial with Telesystems. We'll be right back. Thinking about switching telephone service for your business to voice over IP, but you don't know where to start? We'd like to tell you about Clear Voice VIP from Telesystems. It has more features than traditional phone service, is more reliable, and can save you up to 60%. Call us toll-free at 866-608-7182. Clear Voice VIP is business class phone service you can count on. 866-608-7182. And we are back live, way in Forest Talk. On a Sunday evening, we've touched on the NFL draft. Now it's time to get into some college football, which which is, you know, part of football. Florida State set the record with 29 players drafted in the last three years. That was an amazing feat. Um, and one thing funny in, in the draft, what happened was Zach Stacy, a backup running back for St. Louis, when they announced Todd Gurley, he kind of shows his displeasure. Uh, on Twitter and the, and the Rams trading. So guess what? You get to go play for the Jets. Congratulations. Instead of competing and earning a position, getting your paycheck, you want to act like a coward. And I also heard that Zach Mettenberger for Tennessee, as soon as they drafted Mariota, said he wanted to be traded. So if you're a true leader of a franchise, and you haven't shown yet that, that you're capable of being that number one, welcome to competition. Be glad there's somebody there that can that can make you be your best because Mariota is going to help Tennessee. And if Mariota is not starting, he's pushed Nettenberger to be the best quarterback he can be to win the job for one year. But I just don't think Nettenberger is going to hold off Mariota for long. You don't waste your second pick in the draft for a guy that's going to ride the bench. So obviously there's something – there's there's something that uh, that's got to happen right there. But here's something that, you know, Eddie Lacy said that Alabama practices were a lot harder than they were at Green Bay, and I thought that was kind of funny. And, of course, that's true. The NFL practices, the pros don't go out there and practice and hit like, like colleges do. It's just not. These guys are – you don't have to coach them up as much. They know how to tackle. They know how to do the fundamentals. College football is a lot different than the NFL. So Eddie Lacy's comments are true, but a lot of people are making a big stink about it, like, wow, that's that couldn't be true, but it is. College football is a lot harder to practice in than, than the professionals. That's obvious. You're paying somebody millions and millions of dollars. The last thing you want to do is go out there and get them killed in practice. Practice is a temper's flare, too. You want to hit, but you don't want to try to kill 
And that's the difference. You don't have these drills in the pros like you do in college where people are trying to earn their position as much. In the pros, you know who your starters are going to be. It's usually not one in camp. I mean, it's usually the best players are going to play. But here's an article. Louisville coach Todd Grantham tweets list of Georgia recruits. On Saturday, new Louisville coach Todd Grantham tweeted out a photo of a list of names of high school athletes in Georgia that he's probably targeting as recruits. And they, it goes on to say it's bad because Grantham used to be the defensive coordinator at Georgia, which is probably the first choice for a lot of these guys from the state. Uh, why do people care? That's what I'm wanting to know. Do your thing. It doesn't matter what Todd Grantham's doing for Georgia. This is, you know, the coaches for Georgia don't like this or whatnot. But here's the deal. You're Georgia. You should not have to worry about anyone coming to steal your recruits or whatever. You should get your pick of the litter. Who cares about the rest? But we have Jason Humphrey on the line. Jason, welcome to the show, bud. How's everything going? Hey, pretty good. How are you tonight, bud? Oh, doing good. Can't complain too much. It's been a long week. So, um, a couple of things. Um, you saw that Stephen Curry is going to win the MVP. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm glad it's not James Harden. Uh, yeah, me too. And another thing that people probably miss on the draft, I think Cleveland got the best value pick in the draft. Um, the seventh round pick they select was Efo from Oregon, the cornerback. And before he got hurt, he was one of the best corners in the nation. Um, but he got hurt before the Rose Bowl. So, yeah. So. Well, Jason, Jason, can I ask you something? And I don't know if you heard me rant about this. I don't know. Do you listen to Colin Coward at all? Um, I haven't been lately, but I I know who he is. Well, so. I know you're a big Pac-12 fan, and I respect your opinion when it comes to football. So whatever you say, I'll respect <laughs> and, and listen to it. But I just need to know, do you think that the Pac-12 is better than the SEC now? No, I, I've, I've always believed that the SEC, especially listening to your show and hearing some of your you, Trey, and whatnot. The SEC is a different kind of animal. It, it really is, especially on both sides of the ball. Um, I believe, in my opinion, the SEC offensive and the defensive lines, there's none better than the SEC. And that's why SEC teams schedule so weak out of conference because in a conference, it's so tough to run the table, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and you know, I look at the Pac-12. You know how you said the defensive line and the offensive lines are better? I look at the quarterbacks in the Pac-12, and, and just seeing the, the type of quarterback, I think the Pac-12 has better quarterback play. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think as quarterbacks in the last five years, years you're looking at Mayorga, Andrew Luck, um, well, yeah, Mayota, Luck, um, those are the only two that comes, comes to mind. But, yeah, the, I would have said the quarterback play would be a little bit better in the Pac-12, but the um, the SEC has good quarterbacks too, but not. Nah. Mm-hmm. 
not lately. Everybody graduated the last couple of years. So. So, you know, I think the SEC, you know, for the last two years, Auburn lost the, the game to Florida State, but Alabama made the playoffs, didn't make it. But I think it's good for college football that one conference is not winning it every single year. I think it's good. I think oh, it's yeah. good for the morale of college football. It gives everybody yeah. a chance to think they can make it. It's not just about yeah. one conference every time. Yeah. And can I say this? This has been on my mind the whole week. People out there, okay, Ohio State won the national title. That's what they did. I'll give them credit. But that doesn't make the Pac Big Ten the best conference. It doesn't. And it's it's just on my mind, I guess. Big Ten is no near close to the best conference. No. But they're, yeah. they're not close to the Pac-12 or the SEC. I mean, they're, they're no, not there. I, I, I would say the SEC, Pac-12, ACC, Big Ten, and Big 12. And wow, why wow, you, you mean, put the Big 12 behind the Big Ten? That's interesting. Why do you do that? Well, just because. Um, well, outside of Beta TCU, who you got in the Big 12? Oklahoma's on the decline. Oklahoma State's traded mud. Um, Tennessee, um, <laughs> Texas. It's not really doing anything. So, um, I think Ohio yeah. State and Michigan are better than Beta and TCE. Well, okay. So, I mean, you know, Texas yeah. though with Charlie Strong, I think I think Charlie Strong's going to get Texas back to to winning the Big Twelve again. But yeah, you're right. Ohio State they won a championship, and honestly, Jason, I'll be honest with you. I don't think they they still didn't deserve to be in that after losing by 14 points to Virginia Tech. I just don't think they deserved to be in that game. Yeah, they got hot and they won it, but, but I think they won it, Jason, because they had a talented quarterback that nobody ever saw play, and I just don't think there was enough film to be able to game plan for him. I think that's why Ohio won the championship. Yeah, and, and plus they got in because, one, they – they took Wisconsin behind the woodshed, and two, the Big 12 didn't have a title game. You had Bader and TCU playing, what, Iowa State and Oklahoma State the last weekend. I don't think TCU played Oklahoma State, but they were in that title game. And till the Big 12 gets a title game, that's going to hold them back, in my opinion. Because it's not yeah. computers making the top four; it's people, and the people watch games. So. Yeah, I mean it was the wow factor. I mean, you know, Baylor yeah. or TCU beat beat somebody awful by fifty points. Yeah. Okay, you know, you beat a bad team, but when you beat Wisconsin fifty-nine to nothing on the last yeah. weekend in a championship game, that that made a big statement. Had that game been. 28 to 24, Ohio State would have never been in that playoff game. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just the, Ohio State got hot. They they really did. The the last three weeks they they got hot and they took advantage of it. So yeah. so Jason, what did you think about Winston's picture after the draft with crab legs? What did you think about that? I think it's idiotic. Um, I. I completely agree. It's like it's slapping the face to the NCAA. 
and Moana. And I may be a Ducks fan, but I honestly believe that Mayota will have a better career than Winston because Mayota is not the type of person that Winston is or Winston yep. has shown. So. You're right, man. You know, and, and when you put yeah. that out there, when you put that comment out there, I didn't agree with you, honestly, but the more I thought about it, you could be right, man. I mean, maturity is what it's about in the NFL. How mature are you? If you're if you're a good athlete, you have the tools, and you're mature. Yeah. Just say what Mariota doesn't have the tools yet that Mar- that Winston has. Well, his maturity is going to allow him to get there. I think to be able to develop. Yeah. And Winston, how are you going to be able to coach a guy that thinks he knows it all? And and another another thing that I just thought of: who's the best quarterback that? Um, Larry Smith, coach. Wes Grossman. Uh, <laughs> and and who's, who's the it. best quarterback? Who's the best quarterback that can risen hurt, coach? Philip Rivers, when he was in San Diego as offense coordinator. Risen hurt is an offensive mind. Larry Smith, his side is defense. That's like, that's like going to the New York Jets, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah. you, you, you have a defensive-minded staff, and like if you go to Chicago, you have an uh, offensive-minded coach. Here's, here's another bold prediction that I have. Vice Petty will be starting for New York before week four. I think it puts the press on Geno Smith and one well, I mean, well, what's the best thing for a struggling offense, Jason? I mean, one thing that New York hasn't had to me was an accurate you, passer. Bryce Petty is very accurate at throwing the yeah. football. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. If if you don't have a quarterback in the league, you're not going to win. Per se. Hey, yeah. uh, what, do, what do you think about um, – I don't think Blake Sims for Alabama got drafted, and I know Nick Marshall no, for Auburn didn't. didn't get drafted. So what, what do you think about uh, those two not getting drafted? Um, they'll probably sign on it somewhere or whatnot. Um, so far as that, Nick, Nick Marshall didn't get drafted because of his um, his athletic abilities. So far as that, the Eagles didn't pick him up. I think Nick Marshall would be a perfect fit for Chip Kelly's offense and the whatnot because he's so mobile and the whatnot. Blake Sims, I know he'll he'll probably get on it somewhere. He picked up somewhere. I can't remember who it was. But Jason, anything you want to you want to talk about before before you get off oh, here? Yeah. Anything you want to mention? Everybody's. Forgetting about Oregon, but Oregon's going to be a contender in the package of. I honestly believe, I think everybody's jumping on the USC bandwagon way too soon. So, yeah. So, what, what does so, Oregon look, look like at quarterback next year? Um, well, right now, Jeff Larkey is really putting a stamp on the quarterback position. He's been there all three years. So, um, and he looked really good on in the spring game yesterday. So, um, Jeff Lockie is the front runner, per se. So, so was Oregon spring game yesterday? Yes, it was. 
So how do they look on, like, just looking at the entire team? Give us your thoughts. Give us an evaluation of your organization. Actually, actually I, I know it sounds terrible, terrible, but I don't have cable out here where I'm at, so I haven't seen the spring game. Um, all I saw was um, Jeff Lockett's numbers, and I think he went 9 for 9 with a 100 yards passing and a couple of touchdowns, so I haven't seen it. Yeah, can't really well, I'm, I, I, so. I'm not surprised that that they have a good quarterback waiting. It's just the recruiting. You look at Oregon, and they don't recruit up there, but they do have their system, and they put the right people in their system. And whether they're a two star, a four star, a three star, it doesn't yeah. matter. And, and and they just plug them in with good guys, and, and they continue to win. So until Oregon stops well, winning, I'm just going to keep believing they will win. Yeah, well, we got a couple of young guys, um, a couple of freshmen, um, Travis Weir, um, Ty Gibson, um, they're, they're all at quarterback. But, um, like I said, Larky's the front runner. So, I don't think Vernon Adams will stop. I know he's transferred, but I don't think he's going to beat out Jeff. So. All right. So. Well, Jason, man, thanks for joining us. Thanks for calling in. Be back with yeah, us no on problem. Sunday no night. Problem. We're, we're going to start doing two nights a week again pretty okay. soon. We did it Thursday, so we'll, we'll start yeah. our college football preview very, very shortly. Yeah, I can't wait till the Phil Stewart comes out. So that's like Christmas. Hey, when, when, when does that come out? In July or June? Um, July, and I think you could pre-order it on its website to get it in the first week of June. So Yeah. I'm gonna have to go I'm gonna have to go order that. Well real quick, what's your prediction for the playoffs? We have the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Chicago Bulls. Who wins that series? I think the Cavs because Cleveland still has LeBron. But I don't know. I'm really impressed with Washington to make it to the finals. Um, without oh, wow. Cleveland having Kevin Love through, for the rest of the playoffs, they they could surprise some people. But but to win it all right now, Golden State looks like the team to beat. So, well, that's a bold prediction, and I can see that happening. The Hawks, you know, Jason, I've been telling people for a long time, I did not think the Hawks were going to make it past the second round, and here we are. They're down in the oh, yeah. hole to Washington. I mean, yeah. I just don't think they're a they're a playoff team, really. They're just not they're just not good enough. And what do you think well, about? Go ahead, go ahead. When was the last time that the Hawks won a playoff series? I don't remember. You have the time. to go back like nineties, why not? So. They, they, the track record in the playoffs are not that good. So. What about the Clippers and the Rockets? I, I think Chris Paul being hurt is, is going to hurt them, and also being in Houston for the first two, you know, home court advantage. I don't. And, think, I think. I think beating the Spurs those, took a lot out of the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say that too. The Clippers just um, went seven against the champs. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. What do you think about the, the Golden State and Memphis? Of course, you probably like Golden State, right? Well, yeah, Golden State, seeing anybody coming in there to beat them at Golden State for a game, I really don't see that happening. 
that they play so amazing at home. And they'll probably have home court even in the finals. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to go with Golden State. And Jason, I may go with you here in, uh, in Washington. I, I don't like the I don't like the Hawks. Cleveland nah. and Chicago, I, I just don't know if LeBron. I think he's good enough to get past Chicago, but he's going to be tired. Yeah. Love's not going to be there. I just – that would be a boring playoff. That would be a boring championship. What do you think the ratings would be for Golden State and Washington? I mean, that would be the worst ratings uh, in uh, NBA history. Yeah, it, it would be because the, the markets are not that good. You got the Oakland <laughs> market and you got the D.C. market. So, Oh, man, it would, it would be not. terrible. Jason, I appreciate you coming on, bud. Make sure you join us yeah, next no problem. time. Mr. Jason Humphrey yeah. is with us tonight. The big Oregon Duck fan telling us like it is about the NBA, college football. It was a good good time, Jason. I appreciate the call. Great call, by the way. And Jason was our caller of the year last year. He's he's always been faithful to the show, always listening to it. We've we've had a good time with him. But about our show, man, we're gonna we're gonna tell you the truth about things on way in sports talk. I don't have to be politically correct. I will not be politically correct. I'm not going to tiptoe around your feelings. I'm telling you the truth, whether it, it hurts, whether it makes you feel good. You know, it, it's just the way it goes. And about my teams, I, I'm not going to sit here and just hype them up the whole time and if, if they don't deserve it. And just like Auburn right now, Elijah Daniel suspended following an arrest. Good job, dude. He was booked on four theft of property charges and four burglary charges. Six of the ch- charges are felonies. Two of the theft, all of the burglary charges are felonies. Records show that there were two other suspects arrested on the same charges, and Auburn kicked him off the first day it happened. He played 27 games in his first two seasons on the defensive line at Auburn. And you know what? Thank God we have Byron Coward coming in. We have Devontae Lambert's a beast, Montrevious Adams. Auburn's loaded, but you don't want to start losing depth at the offensive or the defensive line. And, you know, Bama had their four arrests so far this offseason. What is going on with these kids that all they have to do is get a free scholarship to get a degree in some of the finest universities in the country? And with a chance, if, if you play four years at Auburn in the defensive line, you're, you're going to make the NFL. Auburn's all their offensive or defensive linemen just about made it to the NFL this year. And it's just the way it's going to be. All you have to why do you why are you having to steal? That's what I don't understand. Why would you armed robbery? That happened at Auburn a few years ago, where four players went to prison because they they robbed a poker game. And you know the Alabama had it with the guys beating and robbing of students and stuff. Why do you have to rob or steal or be violent with people? You're you're an athlete. You you have privileges other people don't have. You're a god if you're on campus at Alabama or Auburn. If you're a football player, you'll get what you want. If you need some money, somebody's going to be there to help you along the way. But this regular this off season could be very scary because you try to think what your team's going to look like. Well, you know I have high hopes for Auburn this year, and I still do, but. They lose a couple more players from stupidity. You can go from a, a playoff team to a, a below 500 team. That's all it takes. 
You have injuries to worry about. This offseason is stressful. If your team is good, you you have to hate the offseason. Alabama fans right now, with the injuries that's happened on the field and the off-the-field off problems, and this is a nightmare. That might be why you don't see a lot of Bama players talking as much, or the fans, because they're, they're scared to death. But you can't sit here and not call out, even if it's your team or somebody you pull for. You can't blame, and, and Kevin Skarbinski is a writer in Alabama. He he writes for AL.com. And he and he, he slammed Saban and Malzahn in his last article, and it's like they're losing control of the programs. Or Come on. He, he, kids are going to be kids. The way they were raised those teen years before they came to you, you're not going to be able to influence them that fast. It just—it's just not going to happen. If if you if you're a troublemaker, you were raised the wrong way all your life. You're not just going to come to Alabama and be a model citizen. I'm sorry, you're going to get in trouble. Coaches do the best job they can, but but the kids don't live in dorms anymore. You know they're off campus or they're in apartments on campus. They can do what they want to do. It's harder to you know to to police them. I think I think there needs to be curfews for these players year round. Really, I don't think they need to be in clubs past midnight. I don't think they need to be in clubs in general, because if you go out there, you auto, you automatically have a bullet on your a bullseye on you, and somebody, some drunk idiot's going to try to to provoke you, try to get you in a fight, and and that's what happens. It's just you do you do not need to go out there. Anything, nothing good happens in clubs. Trust me, I've seen it happen over and over and over again. And uh, I wanted to uh, touch on Alabama's undrafted players in a minute and just discuss that for a quick second and see where they signed. I know tight end Brian Vogler, he signed with the Chicago Bears. Great tight end. Brian Vogler is going to be an NFL player. I mean, he, I, I think he will. And uh, if you're an NFL scout in your organization, you like his size, you like the offense he was in in Alabama. Brian Vogler, great pickup uh, for the Chicago Bears. Safety Nick Perry signed with the Baltimore Ravens. This is a guy that had 80 tackles, 53 solo, and two interceptions. Great safety. If you get an Alabama defensive player, you've hit the jackpot in the NFL. Trey DeTrees, the linebacker, signed with the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens, all they have to do is go to Alabama and pick up their defense. They're They're nasty right now. Defensive tackle Brandon Ivory. I just don't understand how these guys are not drafted. That's uh, there's a few Auburn players I'm scratching my head. How in the world are they not drafted? But Trey DePriest with the Baltimore Ravens. Brandon Ivory, the Houston Texans. Christian Jones signed with the Miami Dolphins. He caught 19 passes for 264 and a touchdown. Uh, I think he's a good receiver. DeAndre White signed with the Niners. 40 receptions, 540 yards. Blake Sims. Did not sign a contract, but he earned a rookie minicamp with the Green Bay Packers. I think people, you know, he came in and started as a fifth-year senior. So, and he he didn't win the job until it, until regular season. So I just think he didn't have long enough really to to earn earn that draft. I don't I don't think he's going to be an NFL quarterback. I hope he is. He's a good kid. And I hope I wish him the, the best. But Notre Dame had one player drafted. Um, 
but Tennessee with nine. I know a lot of people are blaming Derek Dooley with this, but zero. Tennessee always has people drafted, but not this year. And it gives me a lot more respect for Butch Jones because he took a team last year, got them to bowl. They won seven games last year, went seven and five, and and I, I think you got to be impressed with that. I believe they were seven and five or uh, seven and. What was it, eight and five, maybe something like that? But anyway, coming back this year, after this year, you'll start seeing Tennessee players drafted again, and you'll see the talent. Look at Louisville with 10 players drafted. Where were they on the field? Didn't really do anything to impress, but with 10 people, it shows what Charlie Strong was able to do at Louisville. Now at Texas, I'm, I'm starting to buy into Charlie Strong, guys. I just want to throw that out there. The way he runs a tight ship, the way he he makes you earn it on the field, he he can evaluate talent, he can develop talent, he gets them to the NFL. Just very impressed with Louisville, what they were able to do in the draft. They have some great players on that team. But one thing, I'm glad Auburn opens up with Louisville in the Georgia Dome. I'll be there on the 50-yard line, and Louisville lost a ton of players on the line. So that's what's going to hurt them trying to put new starters on the offensive line. I believe they lost three. So they're going to be putting new people in to be blocking that crazy defensive line for Auburn. So Auburn could get them at the right time early on in the year. Really excited to to see what happens with all that. But anyway, it was a great show Thursday night, a lot of great feedback from everybody about our draft. Trey and I, we knocked it out of the park. Sonia and Jason were great. They did a great job on the show. We're going to have to do that every year with us four. And anybody can join. If you'd like to join the panel on the draft, make sure you just you just do it. You can join the panel any night here on Way In Sports Talk. That's what separates us from everybody else. You call ESPN if you if you can get in. If you if you're lucky enough to get in, which that's what I hear. I've never tried to call Colin Coward and talk to him. But you get maybe five seconds to say something, and they cut you off and tell you how stupid you are. So at least on this show, you can call in, talk about what you want to talk about, and, and know your voices and opinions being heard and, res- most importantly, respected. And I apologize for my voice tonight. I've got some allergy sinus mess. felt like strep throat earlier, but... Uh, Hopefully that'll get better soon. But, man, it's been fun. But now the show gets even better. I have more fun during the off season than I do during the season because now we get to start dissecting, picking apart these teams, putting them on paper, being able to look at their schedules and see who's going to be where. And Trey and I, we, we've done a good job. And, and the listeners to this show, Jason Humphrey, Quinn Thomas, Sonia, Jason, Everybody that participates, Jonathan, we all know about football. That's one thing we know about. We're not just football experts. We we know other sports too, but you get different opinions from all of us, but but most of the time we're all right, if that makes sense. But everybody here that, that comes into this show, and you look at March Madness, you look at our bracket. I, I finished very high in ESPN. I won my office pool easy. Getting on way in sports bracket, and I was like fifth or sixth place, and I had I had three of the final four picked, and uh, had a good bracket. But Trey, you know, Trey was there to win it, and it was just like it was just so competitive that everybody that finished in the top ten were 
listeners on this show and the other people that finish in the next 10 or 15, you know, they, they didn't listen to the show or, or call into the show, but it it's, makes me proud when I see our group so competitive in, in what we do. So anyway, guys, Sunday night we'll be back on live at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. It's Mother's Day. We may not do a show, but we'll do one this week or Sunday. So we'll get a night in. We won't go without doing one. So make sure you tell everybody to start joining us. I know it's a bedtime for a lot of people, vacations. There's no college football on TV. But trust me, if you want to get the scoop on your team, on some other teams, Come on here, share them with us, listen to our opinions. We're going to get some experts on what we always do to talk some college football with us. So we're going to have a good time. But anyway, have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.